Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I've got a word from the Lord and I just felt to share um, this word that the Lord has um, released in my spirit. Um, don't have too much time, but we will, we will get through it and uh, I know God is going to release a blessing. I just felt to share a little bit about what I felt God wants to do. Just to prepare the body of Christ for the move of God that I believe is imminent. How many of you know there's a move of God that is imminent? Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Revelations chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. We're going to do a little bit of a Bible study. And if I get a bit of time, I'll share with you a few testimonies. Uh, Revelations chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. The Bible says in Revelations chapter 12, verse 1 to 6. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten, uh, and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. I want to talk a little bit about the coming move of God. Now, when I came here, when we had our first meeting and, and praying even um, in the accommodation that I was at, I felt like the Lord was going to do something supernatural in this church, in this particular house, because of the spirit of revival that is over this place. You know there is a spirit, the spirit of revival is here whenever there is a sense of dissatisfaction that is in your heart. And I felt in my heart just as we came and talking to Pastor Brandon and Pastor Helen that there is such a sense, such, an, such a hunger for the move of God that God wants to release, that God wants to pour out in this place. And I always believe that every single time that God gets ready to do something supernatural, he begins by creating and bringing people to a play of to a place where they feel spiritually hungry where they feel spiritually hungry when you're hungry you will pay any price when you get to that place where you're dissatisfied with where you are it'll cause you to move it'll cause you to begin to shift it'll be cause you to begin to take action and to begin to take some steps and so I felt in my spirit that God was releasing the spirit of revival anywhere where God is about to send revival. The full-blown manifestation of God. I believe he always sends the spirit of revival before he sends the full manifestation of revival. The spirit of revival is just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist's ministry was to prepare ye the way of the Lord, to make straight the paths, 
to bring down the hills, to lift up the valleys, to make way for the Lord. You've got to understand every now and then before the Lord actually shows up in, in all his power and all his glory, many times he will always send something to prepare us for the glory, to prepare us for the visitation. And I've seen this many times, different places you go where the spirit of revival rests, where the spirit of, re of revival abides, there is always a sense of dissatisfaction. And that sense of dissatisfaction always pushes us to the Lord. It pushes us closer to God. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what the coming move of God is going to look like. If you have your Bible, and uh, if we can look at Revelation chapter 12, it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Now allow me to just use this as a, as a foundational scripture uh, to really bring out what I feel the Lord is saying to us in this day and age that we're living in. I believe the woman described here is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. The Bible says a woman clothed with the sun, the S-U-N. Now every time you talk about the S-U-N, many times in the scripture, it always represents the S-O-N of God, the son of God. The Bible tells us in Malachi that the S-O-N of God will rise up with healings in his wings. When Jesus was on the cross and he died, there was an eclipse. The S-U-N stopped shining when the S-O-N stopped living on this planet. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The physical, the, 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 uh, the, the stars themselves have been put there by God as a message to us, as a sign to us. And the Bible tells us that this this woman was clothed with the S-U-N, was clothed with the sun. And I believe God is calling the body of Christ to be clothed with the son of God. The Bible tells us that we are to put on Christ. How many of you know the Bible says we are to put on Christ? Romans 13, 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its last. We are supposed to put on Christ. There is a putting off that needs to happen so that there is a putting on that can happen. The Bible says we should put off concerning our former conduct so that we can be able to put on Christ. God wants the church to be clothed with his glory, to be clothed with his power, to be clothed with his anointing hallelujah and let me just say this when we are clothed with Christ there's some things that God will do for you that he may not do for you if you come to him not clothed with Christ the Bible tells us now let me give you a mystery this is a revelation the Bible tells us that the blessing always goes to the firstborn son in the Old Testament Jacob was a second-born son. He was not the first-born son. The first-born son was Esau. And the Bible says Esau was a hairy man. That's what the Bible says. He was an outdoors man. He was a hairy man. He smelled like outside. Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because he slept out in the field. But Jacob was a, was a mama's boy. He hung around his mom. He just he stayed in the house. He never went out camping. He didn't like doing that. He was smooth skinned and fair. He was not an outdoors guy. And so when his dad, Isaac, was getting ready to release the blessing, the Bible tells us that the mother of Jacob came to him and said to him, why don't you go and kill a young goat? Because your brother is so hairy. You need to 
go and take the goat and cover yourself with the goat skin and wear the goat skin so that you can be able to confuse your dad and he would think that you're the older brother. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so the Bible says he put on, he took the goat skin and he began to wear it. Why? Because the blessing goes where? To the older son. So what he was really doing is that he was putting on his older brother. How many of you know Jesus is our older brother? When I come before the father and I want the father to bless me because when he reaches out, he needs to be able to feel Jesus. Come on somebody. When he reaches out, he needs to be able to sense Jesus. And so there's some things God the Father would do for Jesus, if, and he may not necessarily do for me, but if I can put on Christ, everything that he can do for him, he can do for me. Come on, somebody. When we go before him, he can't tell whether it's Jimmy or it's Jesus that has come. That's why the Bible says that we should be in Christ. My life is hidden in Christ, in God. The Bible says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, whatever you ask, God will do what? He will do it for you. Because you're putting on Christ. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, when you go before God, it's like Jesus goes before the Lord. You're going before him because you're already in him. In him we move, in him we live, in him we have our being. And so God will begin to release blessings upon you that he could have released on Christ. Come on, it's important for the body of Christ to learn how to wear Christ. Put on Christ. Now the second revelation that God is giving us here is this. It says to us, if you look at this passage, it says, uh, it says, um, now both, uh, uh, it says, now a great sign appeared in heaven and a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet. Now what does the moon represent? The moon here represents the powers of darkness. Let me call it that way. Why? Because Genesis 1.16 says, Then God made two lights, great, two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. The Bible says that the sun was the greater light that rules the day and the, the moon was the lesser light that rules the night. Now how many of you know that the moon does not have its own light? But it reflects the light of the sun. Satan appears like what? Like an angel of what? Light. He's a pretender. He's like the moon. He doesn't have his own light, but he always tries to pretend that he has the light. How many of you are getting the revelation here? And so the Bible says that we should, and listen to this. It, this is so powerful that when the Lord showed me this, I was just, I, 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 it just blew my mind. It says, uh, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet. And the Lord said to me, when the church learns to clothe themselves with Christ, he will put Satan under their feet. Oh, glory be to God. Whenever Satan is not under your feet many times, it's because we are not clothed with Christ. The moment whenever Satan is ruling over us, this is what the Bible says in Romans, whom Christ is about to crush soon under your feet. Talking to the Romans. And Paul was saying that Christ was about to crush Satan under the feet of the body of Christ. The moment we learn to put on Christ, then Satan takes his position and under our feet. Let me tell you, you don't need to fight with the enemy. You just need to put on Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not going to get it back to front. We need to just, just put on Jesus. The moment you put on Jesus, Satan takes his place. He's under your feet. 
Sickness is under your feet. Defeat is under your feet. Death is under your feet. Everything that the powers of darkness can ever bring against you is under your feet. The Bible says, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. The body of Christ for many years has been pregnant. Everywhere I go, New Zealand, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, Australia, throughout this continent, when whenever I've gone to Africa, everybody is talking about the move of God. Everybody is talking about what God wants to do. Everybody is talking about revival. How many of you know the body of Christ is pregnant with something? Amen. We are pregnant with something. This is why our city, there are people who have been praying for 30 years. Praying for a move of God. Praying for revival. Here in Adelaide, I've heard there's been prophetic words and prophetic things that God has been releasing over the city. And people have been praying and interceding. Why have they not been given up? It's because they are pregnant with something supernatural. And whenever you're pregnant, God is calling you to go up the mountain. The Bible tells us that Elijah looked at, the, at, at, at Ahab and said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Before God can cause you to see something, he will cause you first to hear about it. And we've been hearing prophetic words that God wants to do something. God wants to move. God wants to do something. Many times before you see it, you're going to hear about it. While he was at the bottom of the mountain, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. The moment you hear it, he was impregnated with, impregnated with desire. There is something on the inside that begins to churn because you have heard what the Lord is saying. You've received something. The, the word is a seed and it is implanted on the inside of your spirit. And you begin to carry something in your spirit. This order caused you to climb the mountain. He began to climb the mountain. He went higher and then he got into a birthing position and he began to push. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's time to push. What does push mean? P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Hallelujah. It's time for the church to get into the birthing position and begin to pray until something begins to breach from the supernatural into the natural until we see the cloud like that of a man's hand. And I came to encourage some intercessors and this church that has been believing God, don't give up. If you don't see it today, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing and send out your servant. Go and look and see if anything is happening. See if the baby has breathed. See the move of God has breathed. Is there anybody saved? Is there anybody healed? Is there anybody? Are people flocking and coming? Not yet. Keep pushing. Yeah. Hallelujah. I believe there is an anointing for intercession because moves of God are birthed in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place of prayer. Jesus walked with his disciples and he said to them, I know you can quote every preach preaching I've ever made, every teaching. I know you can preach my messages. As a matter of fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written by the apostles who followed Jesus. But he said to them, you need to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you endure with power from on high. He said, don't go 
out and preach just yet. Don't go out and share. Don't go out and evangelize. But go to Jerusalem. Be it, go and lock yourself in a place of prayer. And let me just say, he told 500 people to tarry, to wait, to push. After 10 days, nothing. After 20 days, nothing. But look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. You see, the body of Christ is pregnant with the move of God. I'm in a place right now. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears open. I want to see amputees' legs growing out. I want to see dead people being raised. I want to walk through the hospital and people around me are coming out of their hospital beds. I want to see people being resuscitated and coming alive. The church of Jesus Christ has to begin to, to experience the move of the living God. But you got to understand, we got to go higher, 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 higher. We've got to get to that place of intercession, the place of prayer. We need to get to that place where we are getting ready to push forth that which we're carrying. Some of you, God has already released a vision. He has given you a dream. You're pregnant with a vision. You're pregnant with a dream. But it's coming to a place where you got to learn to pray and pray and pray until you're able to bring forth that which God has already put on the inside of you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. How many pregnant people have you got in the house of God today? Amen. Amen. I'm carrying something on the inside of me. I want to see nations transformed. I want to see the glory of God being manifested. The Bible says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. You've got to understand what God wants to do right now has to be better than what Smith Wigglesworth saw. What better than what John G. Lake saw. Better than what Jack Cole saw. What better than what A.A. Allen saw. You've got to understand that when they look at us, they need to be envy and say, I wish I was living at the time that you guys are living in. It's time for us to begin to contend for the greater, greater, greater glory. God is looking for people who are not going to be satisfied. Who are saying, I've come too far to give up now. I have come too far. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I am hearing a promise, a prophetic promise that God wants to birth something. God wants to release something. I'm telling you, Adelaide is going to be saved. Adelaide will be transformed. There is a move of God that is coming. There is an outpouring of the Spirit of God that is about to release. And God is looking for people that are willing, willing to carry this, this seed, to carry this, this birth, this baby on the inside of them and see a birthing of the move of God in our city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, push, 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 push. I know it's painful, but keep pushing. I know it hurts, but keep pushing. You talk about labor pains. Weepy may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Sometimes you may have gone through an all-night struggle, but keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Some people may have left you, but keep pushing. Some people may not stand with you, but keep pushing. Just keep pushing, because that which is on the inside is about to come on the outside. Hallelujah. What you're seeing in here, you're about to see it out here. Before God buys anything out here, he first seeds it in here. How many of people have got a dream? Somebody say, I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Now watch this. The Bible says, verse 4, then say to her, woman, uh, um, um, this is verse 2. 
Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads. I believe these seven heads represents the seven spheres of influence. The seven mountains, the seven spheres. We're talking about family, arts and entertainment. We're talking about government. We're talking about media. These are seven spheres of societal influence that Satan wants to dominate. Listen to this. The body of Christ has been called. This move of God that God is about to release is going to influence the seven spheres of influence. That means that it's not just going to be in the church. It's going to be in parliament. God is going to be walking up and down our classrooms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our kids are about to experience revival. It's going to be in the seven mountains, the seven spheres of influence. We're about to dethrone the enemy who's been trying to sit in those positions to control our families, to control our churches, to control our nation. But the devil is a liar. God's move is about to bring a transformation. The Bible tells us, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads. And, and, and it says, and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. Talking about the seven, the seven, you know, crowns. He wants to dominate. He wants to lead. He wants to be the God of these spheres of influence. Remember, he took Jesus up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of this world. And he said, if you will bow to me, I will give them to you for they have been given to me. How many of you know every mountain belongs to God? Amen. And we will not bow to the enemy. Those, we will stand our ground because those mountains, those cities, those, those spheres of influence already belong to our Lord. And he says, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. This, the, the attacks that the body of Christ has been going through. Every challenge that the body of Christ has been facing, it has been, the church has been facing it, not because of who the church is, but because of what the church is carrying. Whenever you see the challenges, and every time you feel almost like giving up and throwing in the towel, and feeling like I can't do this anymore. Every time as a pastor, I go through those challenges, I always say to myself, it is because of the potential that is in this house that the enemy is rearing his ugly head. And so we need to strengthen ourselves. Amen. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord and stand up and say, no, Satan, we are going to be able to bring forth that which God has given us, that which God has put on the inside of us. And so let me just say this, many challenges that you are facing in your life today, it's not because of who you are, but it's because of what you're carrying. The battle is against your vision. The battle is against the ministry. The battle is against everything God has already seeded on the inside of you. He knows if that thing is birthed, the nations will be transformed. He knows if that thing comes forth, that he has no chance but to give up and to give in. And so he's standing there trying to destroy that which God wants to send. But let me just say this, God already has a plan. Somebody say God has a plan. Verse 4 says, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as it was born. Satan is not going to kill the move of God. We've had moves of God in the past that Satan killed. 
Men of God who God raised up and moved, used them in a tremendous way. Then Satan reared his ugly head and they fell in moral sin. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And the move of God was lost. There's been moves of God that had risen up and then men got into those moves of God and there was a split and there was a division and the move of God was lost. Whenever you've looked at every fire that God has lit throughout time and, it, and, and history, you will notice that the hand of man, whenever the hand of man got involved, Satan always came in and tried to hinder and stop the move of God. But there is a move of God that is coming that will be unstoppable. Amen. There is a move of God that Satan will not be able to corrupt. Hallelujah. How many of you know something is coming? Something great is coming. It grieves me every time I've seen moves of God, even in Africa, where God started moving powerfully, signs and wonders and miracles, and then Satan gets in. Pride rises up. All kinds of stuff begins to happen, and then we lose the move of God. But what is about to come, God has got a plan to preserve it. How many of you know God has a plan? Verse 5. He says she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. She bore a male child. The Bible says who was to do what? Rule all nations. You see in the past the moves of God we've had have been geographical. They have been in, you know, Lakeland. They have been in Pensacola. They have been in Toronto, the Toronto Blessing. They have been in different passes, parts of the world. They have been in Africa with Reinhard Bonke. They have been here. But let me tell you what God is about to send is going to be international. We've been having little bits and pieces here and there. Little fires that are beginning to light up here and light up there. But I believe what God is getting ready to, to release is going to be an international move of God. That means it's going to be in Australia. It's going to be in the Philippines. It's going to be in Asia. It's going to be in Africa. It's going to be in America. It's going to be all through Canada, South America. It's going to be all at the same time because the Bible says what the church is about to birth is going to be a male child who will rule all nations hallelujah how many of you know nothing prepares people for the second coming of Christ like revival you see God is not trying to sneak up on the earth and find us not ready so he can leave us behind no, no farmer wants to sneak up on his paddock and catch the crops green so he can leave them in the vine how many of you know that's not true what does a farmer do? You want to be able to get as much as possible out of your paddock. Isn't that right? You want to maximize as much as you possibly can to remove it out of the paddock. You want to bring in all the harvest. No farmer gets up and says, I'm going to just sneak up on them and try and catch them still green and not ripen so I can leave them in the vine so they can die on the vine. No, that is not the heart of God. Nothing prepares us for the second coming of Christ like a worldwide move of God. Hallelujah. 
And I believe Jesus, God the Father, is waiting. He's waiting for the time when there's a tremendous outpouring of the Spirit. And he's going to say, Jesus, get ready. Because he's going to wait till the maximum number of people possible. So that if he delayed one minute, somebody's going to do something. And it's going to be one person less. When the maximum number of people possible are ready for Jesus, he's going to say to Jesus, go now, quick, go now. So that we can get as much out of the earth as possible. How many of you know that's the God that we serve? Nothing prepares us more for the second coming like revival. How many of you know revival is coming? You see, revival is always a response. After the Second World War, the Bible says there was a healing revival that God released. It seemed like overnight there were thousands of healing ministries that God rose up. There was people healing the sick. These are the days of Oral Robertson and the days of A.A. Allen. It seemed like just after the war, every time there's a world war, there was a world calamity, there was a world thing that was happening. Next thing, God always had a response. He sent a worldwide revival. There were people in Africa during that time that rose up right after the Second World War with tremendous miracles and myriad ministries. Now, there was no God's general that wrote about them in in a book to, to remember. But I can tell you, there was a tremendous outpouring of the Spirit worldwide all of a sudden just right after the Second World War. How many of you know that since the Second World War, we have not had a worldwide event like the COVID time? Hallelujah. Are you seeing where we're going? How many of you know God has a response? He has a response. I said he has a response. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the living God shall lift up a standard against him. God is about to lift up a standard. He's about to come up with a response. He's going to let Satan play his cards and he's going to come up and he's going to show up and he's going to move and release an anointing that's going to break yokes. Glory be to God. Say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. The Bible says she, she bore a male child, was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. It's not going to be a localized move of God. It's not going to be a regional move of God. It's not going to be just a, a town and a city. This is going to be a bona fide international outpouring of the Spirit of God from the north to the south, the east to the west. Let me tell you, the Muslims are gonna, not going to keep him out. He's about to appear to imams. He's about to appear to Muslims and ISIS people. He's going to show up in places you and I can't get to, where we can't get a visa to. He's about to show up and begin to manifest himself. We're about to see a tremendous move of the Spirit of God. Glory be to God. I need to finish. He says she bore a male child, was to rule all nations with an iron, with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. The child was caught up. The church birthed it. But God is the one that raised it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The reason why the previous moves of God have been lost is because the church birthed it. And men was given the right or the permission or the, the responsibility to steward the move of God. And so when we birthed it, men began to raise the child. And the child had the DNA of the men that were raising it. That's why we said it was a Methodist move. It was a Baptist move. It was a charismatic move because it had the, the fingerprint, the DNA of the men and women who raised it. But this next move of God, he's not going to commit it to men. He's going to be the author and the finisher of that move of God. 
That is why I believe it's not going to be lost because God is the one who's going to be the one to raise it. He's going to be the one to feed it. He's going to be the one to change its diaper. He's going to be the one to care for it. He's going to be the one to look after it. This next move of God, though we are busted, God will be the author and the finisher of it. You see, the past moves, we birthed it and men were given these babies to raise. And when we, we, we raised this baby, we made these moves ours. We, 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 we claimed the moves of God and we, it took our identity and it became an extension of us. We gave these moves our last names. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But this next move, there will be no personality that will be involved with it because God will be the personality behind it. The Bible says the baby was caught up to God. This is going to be a move of God. You're not going to say it's Benny Hinn or Reinhard Bonke. You're not going to say it's this pastor or that pastor or that leader. There's going to be a move of God from, from the North Pole to the South Pole, from the East to the West. And no man will be able to claim or take any glory. God will preserve this next move. It shall not be lost. It shall not be hindered. Come on somebody. It shall not be destroyed. God is about to protect the next move of God. He will raise it. He will give it his name. He will make sure that it goes. Train up a child in the way he should go. That when he's old he will not depart from it. He will steward this move of God. I believe he will be showing up in different places. Different churches. Different continents. And he will show up to release his spirit. And to release his glory. The Bible says, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. That they should feed out there 1,260 days. And I felt in my spirit that this is really a picture of the times that we will see this move of God. The woman fled into the wilderness, but the woman was being looked after, was being cared for, was being, was being, was being fed. It was in the wilderness. This next season, yes, the church may be in the wilderness, but God will be looking after the church. The blessing of the Lord will be over the church. Just like in the time of Noah, those who are in the ark, they were able to survive. Those who are in the ark, though they were in the storm, the rain was falling, the flood was coming, but because they were in the ark, they were safe. Those who are in Christ will be safe. And like I said on the first day, those who are in Christ are not in crisis. Hallelujah. And God is saying, I'm going to protect you. Don't do it in those times. There may be difficulties. There may be hindrances. Because the Bible says, arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness will cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But my light shall rise up. God is about to bless the body of Christ. In spite of the darkness. In spite of the hindrances. That doesn't mean that it's going to be all glorious. It's going to be glorious in the house. Yes, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But this will be the time when God is going to begin to preserve the body of Christ. The Bible says that the, the church or the woman was sent into the wilderness. But God made sure that he sent angels to provide. We're coming into a season of provision. How many of you can see God's blueprint here? What God is saying. He's saying, I'm about to release something. Can we have somebody on the keyboard? We're going to close right now. I've run out of my time. How many of you know God wants to release something? 
Now I came to release this word and the Lord said to me, this word is to prepare this house. Is to prepare this house. You see, sometimes one of our biggest challenges, how shall these things be? This is what Mary was asking the angel. Because the angel appeared and said, you shall be with child. But there will be no man involved. There's a move of God that is about to come, but no man will be involved. It's not going to be cooked by men. It's not going to be reproduced by men. It's not going to carry the DNA of men. But God is looking for a church that will say like Mary, be unto me according to your word. Lord, if this is what you want to do, if this is what you want to release, if this is what you want to pour out, I know some people may talk about us as a church. Let me just say this. I'm prophesying over this house. There will be people that will talk about you because they talk bad about Mary. They saw her pregnant. They said, how is she pregnant and she's not even married? She doesn't even have a husband just yet. She's cheated on Joseph. They will sneak her. She walked around carrying a pregnancy. But she alone knew where the pregnancy came from. Let me tell you, can you get rid, can you prepare yourself for those who will say bad things about you? But keep carrying it. Keep carrying it. Don't abort it to, to fit in with the crowd. Don't move. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to get rid of it. Because that which is on the inside of you is for the salvation of the nations. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 